I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And get this. You're either progressing or regressing. There is no treading water. It's why we have that saying, evolve or die. Well, guess what? We want growth, evolution. We want you to improve performance. And last week, we talked about John. Now, after that conversation, I ended up filling water bottles this weekend as John is my friend and he made me pay the price for making an example of him on this very show. John claims that at the same time, he secretly appreciated my story. And guess what? He has committed to being smart at the end of this season. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will see, won't we? But In this weekend's run, as I trotted along next to John, carrying his water, he did ask me a question. How do I do it? You persuaded me, but how? He had heard my call to action, but now he's followed it up. How am I supposed to put it into action? Well, after some consideration, I told John that he was going to have to pay for that sort of information but I'm going to tell you folks for free today. And so today's show is all about having a successful, well, for lack of a better phrase, off-season. Taking a successful break from training without going backwards in your overall performance journey, while at the same time building your platform of performance without making training an obsession. If last week was the conceptual explanation of why consistency is king, and off-season, or post-season as we like to call it, so critical to your overall success. Today, we get applied. At our training camps, we say educate, then execute. Well, we move into execution mode today. We dive into the how. And so, stay tuned. A framework of a plan, actionable steps that you might take to embrace some downtime, back off hard training, but keep moving forward. Wow. It sounds like it's everything for free. It's all in today's show. I'm going to make it short, memorable, actionable. But first, let's do a squatty update. Yes, folks, a squatty update. Dixon's bullets for the week, and there is a lot going on. So I want to give you a hit list of a few important things we need to know. First, Upcoming, we've got a special show coming because I am going to welcome back Mark Allen for a review of last week's magical Collins Cup event, the Ryder Cup of Triathlon. But we're also at the same time going to look ahead for the upcoming Ironman 70.3 World Championships. Those are going to be based in St. George, Utah this year, and it promises to be quite an event. Now, Mark knows a little bit about winning World Championships as he's a six time winner of the Hawaii Ironman. I want to point out, I also know how to win world championships as the winner of the brothers back garden world championship of cricket in 1983 i guess i have coached some world champions too but there is that but you know yeah mark's the man i get it so good show coming up 
We're going to record that this week or so, and so we'll be bringing that to you in the coming week. And speaking of World Championships, I'm also going to be hosting a very helpful pre-race webinar for those St. George World Championships. It's going to be on September the 8th, so 10 days before the event, and it is everything that you need to know to make your day there a success. Details are in the show notes, but also head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash events and you can register for free there. Bring your friends. It's welcome to everyone. You do not need to be a Purple Patch athlete to benefit from the information and the insights that I'm going to give you on that course. And finally, with postseason in mind, I will say consider Purple Patch as your partner for guidance, accountability and community. We have a lot coming and it's going to be incredibly fun. For those seeking a close, direct coaching relationship, reach out for a chat, info at purplepatchfitness.com, and we can go all through our coaching program. And if you're seeking more of a co-pilot type relationship, head to the website, see what's going on with our completely revamped, brand new triathlon squad program. Huge growth and evolution in our most popular and successful coaching program that we have. All right. That's enough updates for us for the week. Let's get back to the education. Baza, young Barry, step up, my brother. People want to dance, and you're the man on stage. It's Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, folks, the Word of the Week this week evolve. How could it be anything else? Evolve. Now, there is an old saying that you are evolving or regressing, and it's true. There is no staying put in the performance journey. You don't get to depart the freeway of performance. Stop for a nice ham sandwich, a little potty break, and a refreshing coffee, and then just simply re-enter from the same place that you left off 20 minutes prior. In the performance journey, you would find yourself re-entering the freeway, but four exits back. And that's how it goes. Then be the rules, brothers and sisters. But before you despair and start to fall into thinking that it's just hard graft and misery or regression occurs, there's really good news. And the good news is that there is other ways that you evolve and continue to improve. You can build positive habits. You can maintain your fitness and tissue resilience. And you can hit some specific training without overloading cognitively or physically. The key is that you don't go random, that you don't step off the performance freeway. Because if you do that, you go backwards and you don't pass go, you do not collect 200 pounds. Or dollars. And so this is why it's central to the simple fact, and I say this as fact now, that every single high performer in any field that I have ever met or worked with always have an undying thirst for growth and improvement. They seek ways to improve. They demand evolution in almost everything they do. And guess what? You're a high performer. This is you, primed, ready to evolve. And that's why this week, our word of the week is evolve. And we can start today 
There's no need to wait. And what we're going to do today is lay the groundwork. And so, ladies and gentlemen, evolve or die. Our word of the week, evolve. And now, I'm excited. It is time for the meat and potatoes. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the meat and potatoes. Let me tell you, the journey of performance is not easy. Ultimately, to thrive in sport and life requires commitment and consistency across many areas. It's not just about following a training program or exercising regularly. It involves really positive, supportive habits across various areas and consistently being able to integrate training into what is probably a time-starved life. And that's really important. Now, before we dig in today, I recommend that if you didn't listen to last week's show, you go back and have a little powwow around it because it's going to give you the context of so much of today's show. But what we're doing today is building the applied side of the key messaging of last week. So last week's show and this week's show are kind of the brother and sister of performance. But coming back to the key message, the absolute necessity to integrate training with supporting habits is why the whole field of performance is really prone to quackery and promises of quick fixes. Let's face it, there is a blizzard of bullshit that creates a fog on what we should, as athletes or fitness enthusiasts, prioritize what we should focus on. And that makes it even tougher. But at the same time, it is a journey that I encourage you to take, to embrace. It's really worth taking. It is worth your investment because it's an investment in yourself and how you can perform and ultimately how much you can enjoy your journey. So if we combine this challenge with a simple fact that us humans can often fall into a all or nothing mindset, almost bordering on obsession sometimes, it's no wonder that the very habits and actions that are designed to energize us, to enable us to build a platform of health, to bring enjoyment, can can end up causing fatigue, injury, and a sensation of lugging through life, almost with a monkey on our backs. And Purple Patch, as a company, has always been on a mission, as you well know now as a loyal listener, has been on a mission to break this, to help athletes and folks avoid feeling like performance is a burden, to enable you to not focus in the wrong places, but strip the most complex things into simple and actionable so that you can yield improvements in sport on the back of improved energy, enjoyment of life, and a sensation of control. And I will say we do pretty well at it. But today, what I want to get into is a framework of one of your most critical pieces of the overall puzzle. And at the same time, certainly the most underappreciated by folks. And what that is, is the space, the time between when athletes 
finished their last competition or race of the season and then return to a focus on next season's goals. Many athletes call it post-season or off-season. For lifestyle-focused athletes, this tends to straddle the holiday season where the days get a little bit shorter, it gets a little cooler, demands of social life start to pick up and ultimately consistency starts to fall off. And of course, inevitably, and then January comes around and it's new year, new you and all of that stuff. And so how do we navigate this? Well, an example was my friend John from last week's show. He was a prime example of what happens. To remind you, John trained really hard about eight months of the year. And he was very ambitious, goal-driven. He wanted to succeed. But every year for the last five years, following his last race, he did what so many folks do. He took a big break. He turned his back on all structure, I would say, went rogue, just went more random in his approach. And he did that so that he can give himself a mental break, spend more time with the family. And his decisions around this approach are rooted in an absolutely understandable mindset. But unfortunately, what he's done, poor John, is self-sabotage. And he's been self-sabotaging his own performance. Because this approach has led him to consistently underperform in racing, not good, repeatedly have to navigate injuries and niggles, and have a frustrating cycle of huge effort for a big, large part of the year without any real return. And so emotionally, it's not good over. And I, I get his thinking. I have a massive amount of empathy. But John is a victim, like so many other athletes, of what I would label binary thinking. He's either on or he's off. All in or all out. Not such a good thing. And I'm not a fan of the word globally. But what John really needs to do is have a more balanced approach. Now, as I mentioned, following last week's show, John has agreed to give it a crack. And he's not going to turn his structured approach off. And so in return, I promise to provide a framework of how we should think about enacting a smart break, because it is important to take a break, and then also build a phase of preparation for next year. And so you can hold hands with John and you can sit there and be a very good boy. Are you ready? I yap and I flap a lot, but I promise that what I frame today is the, 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 the thing that could be the thing that builds your breakthrough next year. Whether you are listening today as a highly ambitious, goal-driven athlete, whether you're a pro, a podium chaser, a simple energy seeker, or anything in between, a fitness enthusiast, what we need to do today is hold hands and do this. Because this is probably the most important message that you can get as a performance chaser. And it is what you are going to do over the coming months that will determine 
your success. And so let's get going. And the first thing that we should do is make sure that we frame the timeline. So if you are a competing athlete of all levels, first time finisher all the way up to world champion, if you're a competing athlete, the phase of training, more intuitive for you to use that word, but the phase of training I'm talking about today is from the day following your last competition of the year until the moment that you say, okay, let's turn the training on. It's time to start training hard for the upcoming season, the following season's work. And that tends to be somewhere around a couple of months. We call it off season. And most athletes think about it as, oh, party time, let's relax. And they go off into the wilderness. So that's the moment that we're talking about today. For non-competing performance enthusiasts, it's over the course of the holiday season globally as winter starts to come in, or at least for Northern Hemisphere athletes or, or enthusiasts. So we're talking about in calendar months, end of October, Halloween, anyone? all the way through November, December, and then into the natural time where it becomes New Year, New You. And those two calendar months tend to align for most people. So that's what I'm talking about today. That's the phase. How do we nail that part of the puzzle? So the second part we should do then is say, okay, what's the quest? Of this that I say is such a critical phase of preparation, and I'll come back to that word later. For that phase, what are we looking to achieve from this? What do we want the result of a certain amount of focus to be over the course of off-season, post-season, the holiday season, whatever it might be? What's the outcome that we want? Well, this is very, very simple and important. But the first thing is we want a little mental floss. We want to step away from quite so much focus. We want a break. And that break is a break from such a heavy cognitive, logistical, and physical load of our training and performance journey. So that's important. And let's ground that. You want to have a break. It is also a phase that we facilitate some very real physical rejuvenation and healing. And when I talk about physical rejuvenation and healing, there are two layers to this. That is your muscle and tissue to enable real growth and repair and also systemic healing. So your overall hormonal system wants to rejuvenate, particularly for those athletes that have maybe been stretching their performance goals and taking on a lot of preparation and hard work to get ready for their events. So there's overall physical healing as well. A third quest is over the course of this time, you want to build out some capacity. And that capacity is to enjoy other pieces of your life or activities that are really, really fun. Now, this is really important for training athletes because you want to have the opportunity to Go and do other stuff that is less specific to the activity or the quest that you do for your hobby or profession. And so a whole lot of fun. 
So overall, we want to build out capacity. And then finally, and this is where we get a little bit more specific, the final part of the quest is to lay a platform for the year or season of performance ahead. And I cannot overstate how critical this is. You want to start to prepare your body from a muscular standpoint, a tissue standpoint, and a systemic cardiovascular conditioning standpoint, prepare yourself to be able to absorb very hard work that is not happening in this phase, but will be happening as soon as you switch, shift the mindset into the season ahead. So that's the quest, four things, a break, rejuvenation, capacity to have fun and try some other stuff, and also prepare, prepare, prepare because ultimately it is coming. And those are the four tenants of what we label a really successful postseason. So how do we do this? What are the key strategies? Well, now we get into the applied side of stuff. And the first thing that we have to address is the break. So how long is a break? It's about 10 to 14 days. So let's say up to two weeks, where particularly for athletes, when you finish your last race, you truly turn your back on the sport. You turn your back on the mindset of being an athlete, any approach to training. Yes, a week or two if needed, where you don't even think about it. You can, if you want, be a little sloth-like, but it doesn't mean you have to become a sloth. Instead, you can become, and this is revolutionary, a normal, healthy human being. And that's a great way to think about it because normal, healthy human beings do little exercise and have generally good eating habits and maybe sometimes have a few extra treats. But there's no massive setting of alarms or forcing yourself out of bed to do any training because you feel like you have to. And so there is a period in postseason, off-season, the phase of preparation, where you turn your back on everything. That's a good thing to do because giving yourself that space then, you come back to the critical phase of preparation. Now, over the course of this break, you are going to have a little bit of your prime fitness drop off, and that's absolutely normal. It's all part of the deep rejuvenation of both body and mind. And so don't fear over the course of the next two or three weeks, as soon as you finish your last race, short term, little mild drop in fitness, maybe even a few little pounds coming onto the overall body weight. And that's all good. Just go and embrace it and enjoy your time off. But, and it's a big but, remember, this isn't three months. It's seven to 14 days. Then what we need to do is turn to a framework, and I will label this preparation. And this lasts for the rest of the time, a good couple of months. And this phase of preparation is lower stress, lower overall load, but absolutely critical. And so what does low mean? It's not helpful for me to say, hey, it's a phase of preparation and it's critical, but it's lower load. What do I mean by it? Well, let's get into some specifics. Let's think about your training load percentage. And let me make one thing really clear. 
This phase of training is the part of the year where you should not, bold double underline, should not be running at your full schedule. So you want to have consistent training after your little break, but you also, no matter your level or time commitment or investment into the performance side of things, you want to leave capacity to grow. You also need to have room to breathe and to wander. Remember what one of our quests was, it was the capacity to go and do some free, fun, different stuff. And so let's give me some specifics around what that means. I'll give you three examples. Imagine you're on the more elite side of training and your typical steady, very strong, consistent training load is 20 hours a week. And that's a lot of training. We have pro athletes that do a little more than that. We have elite amateurs that do about this, maybe a little less, but let's say 20 hours a week of training. I would recommend that you remove somewhere between six to 10 hours of weekly training from your schedule. So you're going to be doing somewhere between 10 and 14 hours a week of training. Our second example is a time-staffed athlete. That time-staffed athlete is on a performance quest. Maybe they're training for their first half Ironman, or they want to qualify to the Hawaii Ironman, but they've got a very busy schedule with family and work, etc. If you train somewhere between 12 and 14 hours in a typical season, over the course of the phase of preparation, you want to transition down seven, eight, nine hours, giving yourself capacity to grow. And our third example is maybe a fitness enthusiast. And that fitness enthusiast might be doing five or six sessions a week of exercise structured. So we call it training. Now these fitness enthusiasts, you might amplify the number of sessions that you're doing consistently that are actually just soul filling, removing any of your longer training sessions that you might be doing, and perhaps transition a couple of days of those five to six days of activity to things that are moving blood around but aren't really that stressful. Maybe just going for a walk in the day rather than going for an easy run or a structured run. Not doing a bike on the weekend, but instead doing some hiking. So for the fitness enthusiasts, it's not about going from five to six days a week of structured exercise to only doing three. But instead, it's giving yourself a little bit more wander time, a little bit more freedom, keeping just two or three days of the week that are really structured and progressive to move forward. In other words, no matter whether you're elite, time staff, performance quest, or a fitness enthusiast, you want to give yourself room to grow and you want to give yourself space to explore other elements. And so with that wandering side of stuff, what should the specific work be? What should we actually focus on in this phase? Because if we're all holding hands and reducing our training hours, is that it? Just train hard and do a little less? No, I think we have to go through a little bit of prioritization of where should I be placing my attention? And let's actually put this in order, in order of your focus. So just to keep us on track, we've taken seven to 14 days where we've really done very little at all. Then we're going to move to this phase of preparation and we're going to reduce our overall weekly training load. But with that reduced training load now, what should John and you be doing? Well, the first thing 
is to actually create really positive habits. Because positive habit creation is a wonderful thing to do now. When physical load is lower, you actually have capacity intellectually, mentally to actually focus on this. So this is a wonderful time that you can prioritize ingraining really positive supportive habits. Now that might be anchored around sleep, eating habits, fueling after your workouts, self-care such as foam rolling and appropriate mobility and strength work. All of those components that so often become afterthoughts in your performance puzzle, this is a good time to place attention. So I'm gonna put that actually as number one. The second priority, which is way up there as well, it's almost 1B, is to do preparatory training for upcoming hard work. So we say that consistency is king and it remains so in this. So while you are hitting less total load, you also want to prime the body to not decondition too much. Instead, it is absolutely critical that we build a platform of tissue resilience. And the good news is that a little goes a long, long way. We want to do a host of lower stress training that creates this slow burn of a platform of preparation. The way I explain it to one of my athletes is, we don't want to come into the new year and hit a tidal wave of fitness. We are gonna build a tsunami. And so in this training, we need to get the mindset right. You are not chasing performance gains. You're not looking to boost your functional threshold, to get fitter, to get stronger. It's almost subconscious, almost imperceptible. You're not thinking about getting fit, fitter. Instead, you're ticking along with some really specific training, very slowly, almost imperceptibly, but you're preparing your body to be ready to absorb and positively adapt to what you know is coming. And that is the hard work in the months ahead. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this is the catalyst to being able to train hard, stay injury free, and make massive improvements in the months ahead. And so you must, and I say that, it's, it's a non-negotiable. You must do a phase of slow burn, tsunami-like cardiovascular and tissue resilience development. Not to improve and get fit, but to prepare the body to improve and get fit. It's the thing. It is the thing. Okay, so that's two things. We're going to prioritize getting habits first. Number two, we're going to do the preparatory work so that you can get ready for the hard work ahead. And then thirdly, what is it? Strength. Hand in hand for training for preparation is building your platform of strength and mobility. Now, strength and mobility should be a year-round endeavor, but this is the phase of training that represents the start of each annual cycle. And it's a wonderful time to really embrace it, start building the platform, not be in a rush. And of course, 
not have competition from going out and doing long, long sessions outside and thinking, oh, I just don't have time, energy or capacity emotionally to go and do my strength work. The training load should be lower. The physical stress should be lower. So you can actually place a positive focus on it. Good. Okay. Number four. There are two more guys. Number four. It is a wonderful time as your overall training load is low to put the mind to technical improvement. The technical development of all of the disciplines of your training. So if you were a triathlete, it would be improving your run form, your bike posture, and maybe your fit, your swim technical development, whatever your sport of choice, improve how you do it. And then finally, number five, you want to leave a little room to play, to be free, add some other elements. And so within the mix above, where you're looking to build habits, looking to do a phase of preparation, integrating strength because it's important. And also when you are doing the training in the specific sessions that we ask for, improving how you do set those sessions. We also want you to go and play, go and do some different sports, maybe embrace some what I label soul-filling training, stuff that consumes very little thought. And a case in point, just this morning, I went for a run with my friend and we never spoke about sport or form or intervals or technique. We talked about soccer and summer plans for next year. And I came home energized and refreshed, and that's a good thing. But I also developed a little tissue resilience, maybe a little slow burn cardiovascular conditioning. And that's a really good thing. It was filling for my soul. And so those are the things that we focus on, habits, preparation for the upcoming hard work, platform of strength, improve my technique, and go and play a little bit. That's it. That's really what this phase of preparation is about. Now, what we do at Purple Patch is we add some fun to it. We embrace a little accountability, a little community, and we help you do it better. And so by doing that, we do things like video coaching, live and on demand, so that we can do some of these sessions together and not alone, so that athletes can get some real feedback and guidance on how to sit on the bike, how to do the strength training properly, so that you have a better chance of doing it right, not just do it. We embrace the community side of stuff with watch parties where you can come and do strength or bike classes, etc., as a community all around the world but you show up and you expect your peers to show up and you give support. We also drive athletes to go out there and try new things, mountain biking, gravel biking, hiking, cross-country skiing when the weather comes, even go and do a class, maybe a rowing class, something that's fun and different. And finally, leaning into challenges. Every autumn, we embrace a Purple Patch Community Consistent Challenge. Last year, it was all about running. I want you to, in parentheses, run every day. Now, it's not really every day, but the quest was to hit really consistent running where it was almost all very easy, short and light, but we were building tissue resilience. Now, this year we're going to do the same, but with swimming as well. And we are going to hit frequent daily chip of consistency across the chosen discipline. 
And we're going to do it as a team, as a community. We're going to help each other. We're going to shout from the rooftops that we've done it well because a little bit of community and accountability and support makes it so much more fun. And this is the phase. And it's why we label it preparation. It isn't hard physically. It doesn't consume massive time. But as you can tell, it's immensely different than going rogue and random like John did every year for the last five years. And the positive is it prepares you physically for your success ahead. And guess what? This opens up one more door of opportunity for you. Because the load and the focus is a little less right now, and it's less demanding, it's also a great opportunity for you to recruit, to invite a friend along for the ride, someone that you see maybe looking over the fence of your performance journey, and you think, hmm, they could benefit from this. Because I would say that this is a wonderful time to make your performance journey infectious. Okay, some pretty poor words in the time of COVID, but let's claim the positive part of that word back. This is a time to make your performance journey infectious. It's a great time to make your habits contagious. It's a less stressful time of training, and it's a wonderfully accessible time to bring in family and friends. And so step up, be inspiring, share your journey, because the coming months after you finish racing are a moment of inspiration. You can help others on their performance journey. And there's a dirty secret. By you doing so, you're going to help yourself. Yes. It's going to be helpful for yourself, but get out and bring others into the fold. And if you do this, if you're successful in getting someone going, just a quick word. The most likely avenue of success for newcomers, the folks that are starting their performance journey, is to meet themselves where they are currently at. There is absolutely no need for them to be heroic. Instead, really try and get them to take the long lengths. Begin now before things start to heat up, just in the same place that you are, and make it fun. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is it. My lens on how to take a break, turn your back on your sport or your performance journey, but also move forward, grow. You've got lots of room to breathe while embracing specificity at the same time. And so I'll leave you with this. I hope that you'll join us on your journey. If you'd like to chat, info at purplepatchfitness.com or head to the website. But let's hold out globally. Let's do this together and let's spread the word. Now, for many of you guys, you've got lots of racing ahead. And so go and nail it. I expect great performance. Take a break and then... Let's get cracking. If you are done, D-U-N, come join us. It's time. All right. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I'll see you next week. Take care.
Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if we share with your friends and really go the extra mile. Head over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to follow, rate, and review the show. Your support and reviews go a long way to increasing our visibility and, of course, the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive, just like me and you. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links to the episode resources and all of our programs can be found at purplepatchfitness.com. Take care.